evening everyone this is your favorite astrology loving goose cicely marie here and i got my co-host the wonderful mr hakeem ali bokus like uh hello I'm doing great. Hey, Mace. How you doing? Good evening. This show is an interesting dive into a little bit of information on the 11th house. Because when we look at the houses and what they represent in what they represent in how we move, the 11th house is highlighted as friends, group activities, teamwork, societies, hobbies, and long-term hopes and wishes. So it ties in with the 10th house because one thing I like to remark about, each house in astrology builds on the actions of the last house. So if the 10th house is goals, responsibilities, your public image, and your dominant parent, the 10th house is building on, the 11th house is building on your friends groups, societies, long-term hopes, dreams, and wishes. So the 10th house is about the kind of work and career you will leave behind. And the 11th house is the friendship and humanitarian efforts of that house. So it's like you get a whole nother level or layer to your goal. And it comes with, yeah, like it's all about friendships, partnerships, but it's different than the seventh house. The seventh house is partnerships and relationships in short term. The eleventh house is partnerships and relationships in the long term, as in the efforts that you will put forth to this world. Like where are we going, you know? Like anybody with a prominent 11th house placement or a significant amount of placements in the 11th house will be sociable, but not in the way of like Mercury where you're communicating with people all the time. But the interactions that this person has are very, very important for their life's work and mission. And I got a question, Hakeem. Yeah, what's your question? In the numerology system, is there an 11 or does it reduce down? Yes, there is an 11, supposedly. Um, there are only three of what are called master numbers, and it would be 11, 22, and 33. Oh, okay. Because I've heard that the ascended masters are 33. Yeah, and that's probably where everybody gets the whole, I mean, like the, you know, the conspiracy theorists and maybe even in reality, the Masons have a 33rd degree Mason. Mm-hmm. You know what's also, funny? Was- it's not such a conspiracy theory, so I'm cutting you off, but it's, it's not such a conspiracy theory because there are photographs with Neil Armstrong holding the 33rd degree Scottish Rite Freemason flag on the moon. Um, and uh, he's with the, the head of the the Scottish Rite Freemasons. He's got the photographs with him. Um, and it, besides the, uh, you know, they have very limited space on the, on the rocket ships. And 
to be able to bring something like that up to the moon when you have limited room along with the American flag really says something. It really does. And I was raised by a 33rd. God rest his soul. He was a pretty decent human being, but that was always... Oh, so you, you yourself were raised by a 33rd degree Mason. Mm-hmm. And okay. surrounded so by my... Mm-hmm. Surrounded by my entire life. And the women in my family were in the female version. So it's always been around me, the number 33, 22, and 11. I just didn't know they had a numerology significance. Yeah, so in numerology, um, like I said, they're considered master numbers. And one of the simplest reasons is because uh, they have strong characteristics of like a duality in that, for example, 11 has two ones, correct, right? And so mm -hmm. you have a double masculine energy, which is creativity, um, leadership, and starting new things, as well as, like I said, masculinity. But because they also reduce down to a two, then it has the feminine energy of you know, nurturing and cooperation and things like that. And, um, you know, it's on and on with 22 is the feminine, but then it has those, the, the numeral four, which is hard work, stability, and loyalty. And of course, the 33 um, is the uh, talkative, life of party, sens sensuality, sexuality. And, but then it reduces to a six, which is humanitarian. And so they have the people with those master numbers um, have, uh, distinct advantages simply because they they're not as restrictive like they have they can um, basically switch into either one of those as their destiny numbers mm. that's funny so enough i just had five, has, five, 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 five. Yeah. Hmm? Oh, what yeah, you're saying yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, and so just like how you know there's a um you know like in astrology there's the the, the sun the sun sign or star sign which most people, most amateur astrologers simply focus on that, right? Um, mm -hmm. So this also um, kind of takes away from that, like, because, you know, you have the destiny number and the life path, which is the reduction of the alphanumerics of your name. And so, um, so then uh, uh, the same thing with uh, those master numbers, you have additional attributes that can be, um, gleaned from doing those calculations. Mm. And also there's some very interesting stuff about that in my math books. Um, and these are like straight collegiate level math, like um, Mastering Technical Mathematics by Stan Gavilisco. And even in his other book called uh, Teach Yourself Electricity and Electronics, there are some pretty interesting uh, um, references there to that, as well as the works of Pythagoras and Euclid, um, you know, and, and Pythagoras with, you know, mystical math, and um, there's a lot of groups that talk about math being the language of God, um, and so, I mean, there, there, I can go on and on, but don't let me, don't let me hijack your astrology show here. But it ties very well into... The number sequences I was thinking about, because I'm going to read a synopsis, a little quick piece. This is one th page 134 in the Right Horoscopes book, and it's about friends and family. <clears throat> the 11th house. This is the house of friends, groups, and other people who are, on, who are on the same wavelength as you. Any planet in this house will describe the type of friends you like and the sort like of friends you like. 
don't panic if you don't have any planets here. It doesn't mean you don't have any. There is a planet at the very end of the 10th house. You can include it in the 11th house. And if there is no planet there either, simply look at it. Look at the sign at the cusp of the 11th house in your birth chart and combine its meaning with the 11th house. You will understand how that op house operates for you. And it does a brief synopsis, like a really one word sentence of what planet, what it means for a planet to be in the 11th house. We have the sun in the 11th house. You love being a part of the gang and you may be the leader too. The moon. Friends feel like family. You love belonging to different groups. Mercury, plenty of conversation, especially on intellectual topics. Venus, you have a lot of friends, but there can be a rivalry between you. That's interesting. Mars, friends can become lovers or vice versa. Happy to help friends. Jupiter, expansive, generous, and popular, and may go travel with friends. Saturn, Generational gaps, generation gaps between friends. You are a serious and responsible friend. Uranus, you're drawn to unusual friends. You like keeping your independence as well. Neptune, you're the you're kind to friends, but can be too idealistic and gullible about them. Pluto, a select group of friends, transformative or intense friendships. And that kind of tickles me because I'm a Mercury in Pisces in the 11th house. And now, what, Mercury, what page was that on? Because I'm in the uh, friends and family section. But um, 134. Okay, 134. Got it. Remember, I got the book now, so you mm -hmm. got to keep me clued in. All right, got it. It's funny because I'm a Mercury in Pisces in the 11th house. And Mercury's in detriment in Pisces. The joke is we talk like we have marbles in our mouth unless it's something we're passionate about. And that's really, really funny because it has a a different, um, how would I describe it? Let me go back to Moon, Mercury, and this book. Let's see if I can find out more about Mercury and its transits through the houses because that comes in handy as well. And we have Sun, Mercury. So Mercury in the 11th house. Whichever house Mercury occupies in your chart will reveal the area of life that interests you. Whether you have a natural talent, where you have a natural talent and therefore might be a good working environment. With my Mercury in the 11th house, this is page 86. My Mercury in the 11th house, I'm good at humanitarian work, technology, computers, politics, organizing, or running groups. I understand why people put me in charge of stuff. But my natal Mercury is aspected by, it's in the 12th house, it's aspected by my son. And it's funny because... I have shifted through this Saturn's return because I was always told that I was the kid that talked too, entirely too much. And my Mercury is aspected by my sun and Venus. And that's page 89. A born communicator can talk too much. 
a need to keep on the move, great at selling and negotiating. With the aspecting to Venus, good at putting others at ease, excellent for fashion, styling, hairdressing, or charming. I've been a hair I've been doing hair since I was twelve years old because I was so tender headed I never wanted anybody to touch my hair. So I started learning how to do my own hair. Oh. Yeah, I can I can get that. I know there's certain things that I don't want people messing with on me, so I do it myself. Mm-hmm. Like leave that alone. Please and thank you. Serious, yeah, yeah. But it's really funny how that aspect, as watery and weird as it is, aligns with the Capricorn in the 10th house. With the working talents, disciplined, conscientious, reliable, responsible, organized, and a need to do things by the book. I get called a goody two-shoes too goddamn often. Why won't you just break the rule? No. I'd rather do it the correct way. So, you know, I'm going to try to fix something here. I'm going to pop out and pop back in. Okay. It falls with Saturn in Capricorn. It's hard to switch off from work. Fear of not deserving your good reputation and can have inflexible. Hello, you guys. Have inflexible views. Maybe a little obstinate. Inflexible in their opinions. But the funny part is with the 10th house building onto the 11th house, there are a lot of similarities like areas of responsibility, big business, bureaucracy, civil service, governments, government, architecture, the elderly, and can be too responsible. The 11th house, areas of responsibility, looking after groups or society, science, technology, computers, work involving friends, and the social life can suffer because of work. Hey, you guys, how y'all doing? Welcome, welcome. Um, We're going into the 11th house and the aspects of humanitarianism and friendship and things of that nature. It's really cool. Because we get to see the type of friend we are and the type of friends we crave. Even if you don't have a lot of placements in the 11th house. Like right now I have, I'm going to read a brief synopsis. It's like one word associations with the 11th house. The 11th house is associated with friends, kindred spirits, acquaintances, stepchildren, hopes and wishes, long-term plans, clubs, groups and societies, hobbies, and business income. Which is really interesting because the 10th house, the one right before it, is ambitions, goals, achievements, career, social status, reputation, government officials, bureaucracy, public life, and status symbols. So they build across each other onto what we can do it's like the evolution of the cycle goes through the 12 houses so if we have prominent placements like communication which is mercury in those houses we can find work in a type of communication that 
Most people would call a drag or get on most people's nerves. And it's interesting. All right, I'm back. Hey, I don't hear you anymore. You good? What happened? Uh, can somebody, uh, Samantha or yeah. Stoopy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. I was going to ask one of them to, uh, to throw some thumbs up if they can hear me, but I'm not hearing you for a moment. Um, but um, there you go now. Okay, so they can hear me. And um, I may not be able to. There you go. Oh, well. Okay. Can you hear me now? All right, good. I just had to check. Oh, that means I have to do it the online way with my laptop. I normally uh, put that on my phone and just yeah, read yeah. from it. But there is... I'm reading from The Significance. And where is that? Google. But I gotta go back to the website. Okay. So yeah, I mean, this book is, I mean, for what what the price was that I got it, the the one that you you have... uh, from Jane Struthers, write your own horoscope. I mean, I love it. I mean, is yours is yours also a hardcover, a blue hardcover? Yep. It's great, right? Like a, it's like a wooden hardcover with gold foil lettering on the front. It's a pretty fancy looking book, and it's packed with information for being such a small thing. Yes. Okay. Now let's see. In astrology, regular astrology, because I I don't want to go into Vedic. We might do a show at Kapow where he does. I gotta add this link to the to the link section because it's important. It's a pretty much yeah. uh, it's astrology.com because I've been following them for years as well. They do a lot of free stuff. And it's the houses slash 11th. And they, the way they speak of it. So what exactly are you trying to reference right now? What are you working on? Um, I'm pulling up the, the ast- it's astrology.com. Almost a brief synopsis of the 11th house. I've read it before, okay. but it's, it's a pretty... I put a link in the comments. Okay. <clears throat> the 11th house. The house of friendships. The 11th house is commonly referred to as the house of friends. Wait, wait, wait. You said you put a link the, in the comments. In the um, link tree. Links. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Why did okay. it not pop up? I just had an update on calling, so I don't know... Yeah. Oh, really? I had to just, when I left, I had to, um, I deleted, I, I cleared my cache and cleared the the data and then uninstalled the app and reinstalled it because when you promoted me to moderator, it kept on flashing it on the screen like over and over again. It was doing it all yesterday, and, but I just tolerated it. But today I was like, I cannot do this. There's got to be some kind of epileptic seizure I'm going to suffer from having this thing flash. And I, don't yeah. even have, I don't even have <laughs> epilepsy. Um, anyway, hey, look at Martin Rad here. What's up? 
and Amanda. Hello, Amanda you guys. How um, y'all so, doing? So, um, yeah, so the 11th house, um, there's, um, what's the deal with focusing on that today, though? Like, what made you want Because wanna... I did the 10th house, 10th house earlier this week, or was that last week? And the 11th house, I really just want to go deeper into the houses because a lot of people don't know a lot about astrology. So if I can explain a house a day or a house once a week, you know? Yeah, gotcha. Well, that's good. It's good to be um, systematic. Yeah, so I'm going to go into this one. It's the 11th house. The House of Friendship. The 11th house is commonly referred to as the House of Friends. Through our friends, we find strength in numbers. We see the power of the collective, the group. Groups addressed by this house include clubs, organizations, social groups, networking organizations, and professional associations. The focus here is on the activities we undertake within these group groups, how we make a difference and as a result, how we grow and actualize our true selves. Further, it is the group by virtue of collective strength, which help which helps to define what we are as an individual. Which helps to define what we are as an individual. As we grow, we have more opportunities and possibilities available to us, and the eleventh house addresses these. Our interactions and efforts are in keeping with our priorities in life. These interactions have the ability to enhance our lives. A labor of love? Yes, in many ways. Through our friends and our group activities, we add substance and meaning to our lives and society. The 11th house also speaks to destiny in simple terms, our hopes and dreams, what we desire and what we want to achieve. Our creative vision is highlighted, the simple act of working towards our maximal selves, the power of collective creation, as well as the creative sparks generated by the group. We are all, oh no, this really worded differently. As well as the creative sparks generated by the group are also important in this house. By banding together, we can create so much more. In joining with our friends, we not only accomplish a great deal, but we can also enjoy the fruits of our labor. The 11th house also addresses the kind of friend we are, what we do for others, and how we view our friends. How do they view us? It's our basic character, to, character which, to a great extent, defines the friends and the groups that we choose. Oftentimes, we work with our friends towards a greater good and in the hope of improving society. This is our philanthropic side coming out to the forefront. The ability to selflessly and eagerly help others. It's also our humanity manifesting itself most effectively. At times, we may be upset. We may upset the proverbial apple chart but the sum total of our efforts should be to look at the end result. If that's good, then the process of, <clears throat> of getting there, for better or worse, is worthwhile. 
Lastly, the 11th house also governs stepchildren, foster children, and adopted children. Hey! My baby's a gunner. Yeah. You know, I just, um, I was looking in the back of the book, and I might eventually just be in my learning journey, maybe sometime in the future, but this, that astro gold is what generated all of the charts in this book from astrogold.io but I think um, it's like $39 or something like that I might have to invest in it astrogold.io yeah ooh and it's a Mac you can get it on your computer too oh So, yeah, that's who generated all the charts, or this is the site that generated all the charts on the um, the phone. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the book. Uh Astro World. I might need that for business purposes. But do you see the brief, the brief general look at the 11th house and how it pertains to us as humans? Yes, um, uh, it's friendships, partnerships, family. Is that what you mean? Mm-hmm, like yeah. the group. Yep, it's the group dynamics. Um, and it also gives us some interesting, <clears throat> um, it just, it says that, you know, if you don't necessarily have uh, any thing in the 11th house doesn't mean you don't have any friends it says if you have something at the end of the 10th house you can include that or anything else that's um, adjacent that like can... at the beginning of the 12th house if you have a planet yeah. at one degree right. into the 12th house it mirrors all the way through because in traditional astrology we split the houses into 30 exact degrees mm. but in reality, there may be two to three degree shift between each one. Oh, like so some maybe ten. Yes, some charts is thirty one for one planet and twenty nine for another. Yeah. So, or like it says in the book, it says if there are no planets there, you can simply look at the sign on the cusp of the eleventh house in your birth chart and combine it with the meanings of the eleventh house, and you'll understand how that house operates for you. Mm-hmm. It has a really cute operation system. Mm. Oh, now I found some more details about how different personalities interact in the, or different planets interact in the 11th house. And I'll start with Mercury because I like to use myself as the example. I can't really pull anybody else's examples to say if it's true or not. But Mercury rules communication, information, and technology. And having it in your 11th house means you probably love exchanging ideas, brainstorming with others about unique solutions to the world's problems. Your communication style mirrors your open and forward-thinking attitude, which people can pick up on and potentially use for your disadvantage. Mm. That's interesting. Another interesting one to note is having Uranus in the 11th house, which is the home ruler of Aquarius. 
Uranus in the 11th house. Uranus is all about eccentricity, sudden change, and idealism. Very Aquarian, the sign this planet rules. With Uranus in the 11th house, you may be you may also be proud of how you're different, like Saturn in the 11th house. The difference is you're wary of the mon mundane ordinary because you're idealistic, while Saturn in the 11th house sees the ordinary as an obligation. You're very independent and can come off quite brilliant, if not in a mad genius kind of way. Those are the mad scientists. <laughs> Mad. Almost all of all of them are. Mm hmm You gotta be mad to come up with a concept that nobody else has ever seen before. Yeah, some some ways. Um now so this is kind of interesting though, like even though the book says that if you don't have um you know, things in the eleventh house and it doesn't mean you don't have any friends. Could it indicate that you might have difficulty um, with friendships or might be more of like a loner or anything like that, something like that? That depends on the squares or angles that aspect that chart. So when we're looking at birth charts, I would have to look at the circle chart with the angles. I know for a fact you have a square in that chart, so it yeah. may produce isolation or friction in friendships. Okay. But also, like I have... Hmm? Friction in friend. Well, I, I do tend to be a loner. Like, I don't... There's not a lot of people I spend time with on a regular basis, you know? I like to be uh, human-adjacent, but not necessarily human-proximal. Uh, so, mm -hmm. um, like I'm in, you know, I spend a lot of times in the coffee shops and like I'm in the bookstore now, but you know, like I even almost, anyway, I don't even get into it. I just, um, I keep it, I keep it close. I keep my, I'm going to pull up your chart cause I got to know now cause it's something that sounds very, um, it sounds very 12th house. I know it's the 17th, September 77, right? Yes. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. And oh, that's 540, crazy. 5 a.m.? Uh, 546 a.m., yeah. Okay. I put this computer to good use. I got a computer last week, and I was like... Yeah, what's up with all these old people killing people? Lately. I don't know. A 67 year old Asian dude and a 72 year old guy went up and shot people around like the Chinese on the Ch beginning of Chinese New Year. And now this old lady just shot her husband in the face and killed him in a hospital because she said they made a pact to do so. <laughs> what? I mean, what do you be looking up and watching? Uh, you know, supervillain like news. Yeah, I guess so, supervillain. Human adjacent. I like that phrase too. I was gonna say people watching, but you know that's close enough. Yeah, I like to be. Oh, that that officer that's trying to get out of the room has like a a Glock 19. It looks like like mine, or not, maybe that's a 17. But yeah, um, let me let me let me get off of that. Um, the uh, the yeah, I, I mean, I really like 
and love people. I guess, I guess I don't know if it's, it's like, but I, I have a, you know, a desire to be around people, but not to have like certain types of interactions. I'm very, it's just very particular in a lot of ways. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know because some people I can spend all day long with and every day, but mm -hmm. I got to figure it out. It's a very uh, select few. I'm looking for the house. I pulled up your charts. You have Saturn in the 12th house. Mm, okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What's in the 11? It's something in the 11. You also have Venus in the 12th house and Mer Venus and Mercury in the 12th house. So it may not be in the, you have an empty 11th house, but your 12th house is jam packed. So I have, so I do. So really, so I, so this like kind of holds true on that front that, um, I didn't even know I have an empty 11th house. 11th house. Mm -hmm. Your planet of fortune is in the 11th house. Which means But what? it doesn't... It's an asteroid. An asteroid? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it going to crash into the Earth? No, it's not going to crash into the Earth. No matter how much you would like for it to, it's not going to crash into the Earth. But I will read further into this 12th house placement because Venus in the 12th house and Saturn in the 12th house. I'm just going to start with Saturn and Leo. Saturn in this position tries to show its limiting and conservative nature through the joyous and generous Leo. These people need the right amount of self-esteem. They should learn to be confident without feeling superior and respected without being too dictatorial. Other people may dislike them if they start showing others that they are better than them. However, since Saturn often represents our doubts, fears, and uncertainty, it's very likely that these people will be so afraid that they that people may dislike them, that they will be too modest. There may be authorities in their lives, such as a parent, a partner, a school, or a church, or a government that will teach them to develop their creative abilities or just to complain about their life and destiny. That's important. Saturn in the 12th house. Saturn in the 12th house suggests work in the background, usually in a large organization. These people usually do not achieve recognition for their abilities and results. They usually, they usually doubt their abilities for a long, they usually doubt their abilities and long for solitude. They're usually loners who lack self-confidence. So that's kind there's, of fact. There's uh, uh, the loner part, but the self-confidence part is way, way no-no. Like, but it also has five aspecting planets to it. That's the general. Yeah. Because I, I almost, I almost have an entitlement that things should be given to me, and I should achieve success in a lot of areas because I'm just, I'm, I'm very arrogant, and believe that yeah. I, I'm the Ubermunch. That's that square moon that is applying at eight degrees in conjunction in Venus, which is one degree apart from where Saturn is. So that's a very much love me, love me, say that you love me energy. Okay, Venus 
in Leo. It's funny, you got Venus and Saturn in the same planet. So that's a very close conjunction. Venus and Leo means very romantic nature. They often prefer to express their feelings of affections with a poem, a picture, or a song rather than acts. If they give their passion a form, it's creative expression. It would give their relationships a greater chance at survival. At first, their partners could not believe their luck in finding such a great and enthusiastic lover. But later, they realized they were given a role in a script for romance. These people feel entitled to flirt even if, even, or even have a love affair whenever they wish. But even the smallest sign of their partner's unfaithfulness will cause a big scene. I need to raise the brightness on this thing. Venus and raise a scene, but I'll definitely ghost a motherfucker. We know Lex Luthor. Venus in the twelfth house. Venus in the twelfth house suggests secrecy and solitude. It points to an introspective aspect of character and the need to spend a lot of time alone. It creates socially withdrawn people who are a bit lonely and disappointed in their relation romantic relationships. They are very emotional but can subconsciously control their emotions. The position usually creates a significant degree of compassion for oppressed people and those who are in a bad position. Now that, that part, except for one thing, might be correct. No, so, so the, uh, the oppressed people part. Yes. Um, yeah, like, I just... Um, I got to I, tell y'all. I get that. So, yeah. Um, Hakeem is very much, I don't want to be bothered, but I'm not going to let you bother anybody else in my presence. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm just saying this now. Like, I, I haven't, since, since for some reason, since um, the holidays, just because it came up, like, I just have a real big issue with letting people suffer, like people who need stuff. So, you know, I have had my own um pantry and i actually am decided to keep it because the churches are garbage bro like they just i'm not like they they serve such junk food like i have all this organic canned foods and like really healthy stuff and it's getting all mixed like when they were coming picking up i saw like i went to go to one of their um sunday like food giveaways to people and it's like they're just serving people straight shit and I'm like, what? I, I didn't even see any of my stuff there. I'm like, what are they doing? Taking it home? And so, like, I just have to do it myself. But yeah, I just have a big problem with when, like, it's so easy to do something like that. You know, like, I have a, a five foot by ten foot storage with the canned food and uh, water and clothing, and and I just give it out to people. Also, I started. I have a whole shoe section. And to give it to people, especially because it's cold. So I don't, but I, but also, yeah, I'm definitely a loner in, in a lot of respects because I'm annoyed. I just really, I don't know what it is, but like, like there's like this seething, like rage and like annoyance. He That's always right. aggravated. Like, I don't see how you put up with me because I am aggravating in all aspects of the word. Well, the thing is, oh, and Amanda's uh, in the queue here. Um, hey, Amanda. 
but the thing is, is that um, it's not. I, I, I'm really having a difficult time explaining it because I love interacting and being social with people, but at a certain point, it's got to stop. Like I told you, and I think you you heard when I was on the phone at work the other day, and like you know the the girl came up, she's like, "Oh my God, you're so calm, you're so calm, right?" And this is like what something that people tell me a lot about how calm I am, because I'm tolerant of stuff because I understand that. Uh, not everybody needs to live by my standards but then there's like the stupidity part where like you know this pretty girl comes out and she starts talking to me but then as soon as i start talking about books it's like a crucifix to a vampire you know (laughs) and that's what i what i have a problem with it's like oh you got all those books Uh, okay and she goes inside like what did you want me to talk about you know like what do you want me to talk about that's what i that's what i do i mean Am I, am I supposed to just creep up all on you and start, you know, being like, yo, like, I don't even know, like, what kind of game am I supposed to have? I don't get it. So, you're, you're right. Uh, you're right, B-Day. B- B-Day. Um, I'm not, uh, well, oh, well, I'm not hanging out with those gals. Definitely. No, I, that's just where I work. Um, but I do have a friend uh, recently who came into my sphere of, of reckoning. Um, who is very much totally all about it, but I'm just mean in general, you know, like she, she's the, um, the creative director with my company now that I'm trying out for the next 90 days to see how it works out. Um, but she's pretty darn cool so far and as a reader and a leader and all that stuff. So, yeah, but that's, that's right. Um, but anyway, um. I let's wonder, bring Amanda up. Yeah, let's just say hello to Amanda. And I also wonder, will we be doing some people's readings in charge? Because I know that uh, some folks really enjoy that, and especially with the uh, the accuracy and the track record that you've been racking up so far. So, <laughs> All right, let's see. Hey, Amanda. Hey there. Hey, Cicely. Hey, Hakeem. I'm so glad you're here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yep, we can hear you. Okay, good. Okay, good. Sometimes my Bluetooth is bad. So, I don't want to interrupt you or going through Hakeem's chart, right, on the 11th and 12th houses, right? Yeah, I was just... I was following along correctly. I I have a, a different question, and I don't want to drag you away from that subject if you're not done with it. Oh no, we fit. We kind of got to the bottom of it. He doesn't have any eleventh house placements, but he has very prominent twelfth house and tenth house placements that kind of influence that house. That's that loner. Ah, Which, it's very interesting too because I was just talking about you know I I was just asking about like because I didn't even know it applied to me, and so I was asking Cicely if. You know, not having things in the eleventh house, like the book said, um, write your own horoscope. If if it does have an influence on whether you might be a loner or not, like people or whatnot, and then it just so happens that it applies to me. And because I was saying that I have those 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 traits, those tendencies, um, and and then of course there it goes. So I mean, things like that really trip me out all the time because I wasn't even looking for it for myself. So I don't really know how to read it yet. That's why I got the book, as well as just to be able to keep up with Sicily. But anyway, fascinating. Oh, and a question that's kind of off topic. With people, two people who have iPhones, if I look at a message that they've sent to me, would they know that I looked at it? 
Yes. Damn it. It, dep- right. it depends. It depends. But right. most of the time, yes. Okay. You have to... Where's your car? Oh, okay. I didn't know you were here. Sorry. 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 My, Somebody's my, sneaking my, up my on you? Neighbor's here. No, no, no. My neighbor's here. Sorry. I didn't realize he's here. Sorry. Um, no, the, the reason I called in, I have I have kind of a, a weird and, and esoteric kind of astrology question that's related because I want to understand a friend of mine who's a third generation astrologer. Like he learned it from his parents and grandparents, right? So, and he has a whole, he created a whole different paradigm around, um, around sailing and, and ships and seas. And, and it's very interesting the way that he does the chart. But he also did a fascinating thing where he, I'm not sure the combination of things that he did, but he basically, what he told me was he read the horoscope for the country, for the leaders of the country, for the country itself, for kind of some of the other world leaders that are big in what's happening right now to try and lay down some information as astrology is wont to do regarding these things. What do you think of that? That's that's actually something I've been doing and practicing, not in the way with the maritime laws and using them with the ship reference. Right, right, but right. I've that's, also his just par- that's his different paradigm. But the thing about the, for the country and Yes, I've been looking at Miss America, a.k.a. the U.S. of A's charts uh, for about two or three years and the historical significance of it. Every time we have the Uranus, every time Uranus completes a full cycle and comes back to where America was born, so to speak, we have a war. So whether we're planning these wars around it or... They just seem to be times of tension where wars break out. We have major things like the first one was the Civil War. Then we entered into World War II, no, World War One, And then there was like... Well, there's the Spanish-American no, War, War that was around the, war, right. around the turn of the century. So what's the return of Uranus? What's the... It's length? 84 years. Um. Well, but we've been doing it. We've been having wars more than every 84 years, right? Yeah, right. I mean, there's constant. Yeah, well, you know, that, okay, so that's interesting because we're going to have to d- define, like, major significance because, um, you know, uh, we might not in the West here consider certain things. Like, okay, and look, here's Martin. He's like, Burma, Myanmar, uses astrology to make domestic and international policy. Fun fact. Yes. Yeah, Martin's always got the great facts. Thank you, Martin. And uh, I think that kind of is not really a um, an uncommon thing in a way because it reminds me, for some reason, I'm getting the my intuition is telling me like countries that are um, theocracies, like like Israel, like I learned from an Israeli friend that if I converted to Judaism, I would get automatic citizenship to the country. Wow. If I if I so chose. 
so it doesn't surprise me that you know certain places um, you know like would use astrology or different things like that to make policy especially a place like you know like Myanmar because um, I was there and there's this astrological stuff all over the place um, in small sectors you'll see you'll, you'll see that in different places um, there's actually like you can go to a tea shop and people will be sitting outside like just tooling around with astrology stuff um, they've, they've got trinkets of all kinds there's, there's people selling like if you want to get some really nice astrology pendants that's where you want to go now I have been hearing research about how the entire entire societies are formed off of astrology, but they have hidden that knowledge to normal people. Like they base all of it off of the stars, like they used to way, way back in the day. But right now I've pulled up the Astro Databank Nation dot USA. And Astro Data Bank has all of the places, birthdays, and all of the um, significance to dates and what the dates line up with. So I can actually be speaking from a good reference instead of some facts that I can remember. It's better to have a reference point. So, America, Nation, USA, number one. And it's funny that they have Nation, USA, USA, number one. Chrono they have it in chronological order. And are you looking at um, this site again? or This is a different site. I put it in the links up top. Okay. But as y'all were saying... There are so many wars going on throughout. Right, like, so. Yeah, constantly. Um, and so it makes me wonder sometimes about... Um, I, I think that what, what's coming to my mind is that they there may not be the wars necessarily always happening because of the transits, right? But it makes it... Um, it's sort of like the path of least resistance, just like a lot of these things. You know, it, it seems to stir up the, uh, the, uh, um, just, uh, the aptitude in people for war. It brings out that, that part of them. And or maybe, I, I don't know, because cause there are a lot of correlations. And I do see that, you know, with the dominant society in the world being in the American culture with the way that they, you know, they call it the American empire and stuff like that. And, you know, superpowers and all the stuff with nuclear weapons and all the shit that we've done here. Um, I can see that that's why that would be considered, um, a focal, a focal point of these wars that are coming around at such uh, at, at these periodic times and why it would be focused over here because this is like, you know, some people call it the New Babylon and all this other stuff like that. So, you know, it's a major empire in the world, so to speak. So if, to have the focus on it, I could see why that would be such a way. Hey, hey, Andrea. Hey, what's up? We were just having a discussion about 
different types of astrology and how they align. And I know she has some really good facts about how, because she was just telling me about how a lot of societies shape themselves around astrology. Back to Amanda's question. I really do feel as if your friend is on to something, especially if he's third generation. I'm a first generation. My family still calls me a witch. So (laughs) if he's third generation, he has knowledge from grandma, great grandma, dad. They've passed it down. And with him bringing up the birth charts of people, places, things, you can even do animal birth charts. And they all have unique. I always go back to America as the place because that's just where I'm most familiar with. Bye, B-Day. See you. See you later, B-Day. Have a good day. America is a Sag rising. It's supposed to be on some teaching stuff, but you know, sometimes we get bogged down with the the money aspects and the wars and the being in everybody's business and being nosy, of course. But there's a lot of significance to what he's saying. Like it makes a lot of sense. You know, I just got a call today from uh, a friend that I met at the Lucky Cup that I go to, and now she works in a lab, um, an environmental lab. Anyway, similar stuff, you know, um, what you do, she's not necessarily into soil science, but it's environmental science. And um, she was telling me, as I was talking her day about the show that we do, she, she told me, she was like, oh, yeah, my dad, he's, like, totally into astrology. He does charge for the entire family, and he's been doing it for years, and so on and so forth. And I was like, wow, that's people who actually are like that. You know, it's like, it's very interesting that you're bringing that up, that also Amanda has a, a friend that does that. Like, this is, like, ser- I'm ser- starting to see how it's, like, real serious stuff, because I actually last night did Red Tarot, for some people at the at the club because I just had to, it was not busy and I was at the front at this big table they have different sections that people can rent out for like seven hundred dollars or whatever it is they do and I was just sitting at one of them doing my own tarot readings and people were coming by like oh you know about this stuff can I can you tell me about this that and um, so it was fun to see, to put this stuff into practice there but uh, like I'm realizing that it's really but a lot of people have a, a huge fascination for it. I think that many people may not be open to asking about it so much, but if they see you doing it, like I was just casually doing it by myself, they may ask and want to know a little bit more. So it's very encouraging to see that just because, you know, I may even just be like a dabbler, but like I'm a serious dabbler, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I take it to the limits to see what's going on. And the more involved I get into it, the more I see how... I mean, regard, let's just say, for example, like it, it has no basis in anything reality at all. But it does provide a level of comfort and encouragement to a lot of people to have some, it kind of gives them a little bit of, um, a little bit of closure on things. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like difficult when people don't know something and then you give them like a, an answer because a lot of people sometimes don't, aren't, don't operate very well when they're, they don't have any direction. You know, so I'm kind of seeing that a lot of people really want to know and they really feel like, you know, that the advice at least helps them and it gives them some kind of peace of mind. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. And I think that's a very important thing for people to have because they stress out about stuff and then you give them a little peace of mind and you just see them completely change. Like, I mean, this woman, 
was so thankful that I did it. And I'm like, you know, whereas today I'm in another coffee shop, Lucky Cup, and this guy comes to me and he's like, he sees the book, he's like, don't you think that's getting a little bit much into Satanism? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, there's different perspectives on it all. Absolutely. Amanda, you still there? Amanda's chilling. I started talking, so she just, she shuttled up. Let's see, uh, what is, uh, Pedro, it's wild about Burma. Yeah, does it have positive results for them? Ah, that would be an interesting thing to know, right? Right. But there's a lot of countries that do use astrology. Because think about it, the original idea of astrology and astrologica was for people to be able to interpret really hard concepts for normal people. But they're using it to run their country. It's been they've been doing the same. They're literally using the same practice that the old world used. They just never stopped. And if they've survived this long, they can't be doing too bad. Yeah, it's a it's a cool country, and some of it leaks over into Laos, um, but not so much when I was in Thailand. Thailand, you don't see a lot of that. There's more a lot a heavier Buddhist influence over there, um, but there are a lot of interesting things. Like you see, here's something, and I, and I apologize that I'm like kind of taken over here like this, but just some of the stuff I've seen in different places I've been, like in Thailand. So it, it adds another layer of the ex, of the sort of layering down for the common folks. So whereas, for example, you have astronomy, and then astrology tells the stories, right, about um, about astronomy to in people in in, the, in terms of the stories about the characters like Orion and all this other stuff going on, and they tell all these fables and stuff to get people to understand and be able to track what's happening with the planets. But then you have some place like Thailand and other Buddhist places where there's no overt astrology, but it's it's still again embedded into their stories and Buddhism and things like that. So, um, so you have. Uh, it another layer of like as if they're taking that and then the same thing is being done with astrology as has so in the same way that astrology is to astronomy buddhism and other religions are to astrology you see what i mean yeah like they have those there's characters very specific to their region that are really astro theology but even more just for specific reasons, like like the Christian Bible is an astro-theological tome, now that I've been able to look at it and see that for what it is. Uh, uh, and so Buddhism is like that too. Um, there, a lot of the stories and characters correspond if you start looking at... Um, and anyway, I'm not, I've, I've spoken enough about that, and we'll do that another time, but I don't want to take up any more about that, because we're already at the, uh, the hour mark. <clears throat> Yeah, that's something we have to go into another day. We got to get yeah. Kapow back up here too, because he's a Vedic astrologer. Right. So that would be fascinating to see. Yeah, because uh, yeah, the Vedas from that part of the world that 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 gave us Buddhism. Yep, and it all aligns in its own significant way. Amanda, ooh, Andres sent me a good message. 
Miss Cicely, I must tell you, I got a phone call right when you started your answer to me. And, and it was a work call that I couldn't avoid. So I'm going to have to listen to the episode to hear your answer. I'm many apologies, my friend. I feel badly. You should. How rude. Uh, it is completely rude. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> I did not expect it. <laughs> I know. I'm just, uh, but I feel I, 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 I want to give you respect and I'm, I'm sorry. That's all. No, we appreciate no, you, man. It's okay. My, yeah. my basic you. answer was, you know, each place has its own birth chart. So what your friend was saying about how he was a third generation, he's, his parents and family may have tracked different countries throughout history and have their own data charts made up. So ah. he's spot on. Uh-huh. Cool. He's Thank you. Thank you for no that. Problem. Thank you for that. Chill. Like, nah. Now I want to go and do a show on the birthing of America because America is a sad rising and it's got a lot of interesting pieces, especially with that link that I put in and then we can go into Vedic another day. Like there's no way to run out of stuff to talk about. I could probably do 200 episodes of just different forms of astrology and the history behind it and chart reading. It never gets old. Like, I haven't met two people with the same chart either. Or two countries with the same chart. Now let me get this Astro data bank. So, you say you've never met two people or two countries with the same chart. Nope. Uh, yeah, I think with all the details in astrology, that would be actually difficult to do. I would probably spend my entire life trying to find it, too. I probably spend my entire life trying to figure it out. But I don't think it would be too bad. I'd just be doing data all day. Astro Data Bank. Let's see. We got categories and then subsections as well. Mm, financial, social, work, and home. They even have it organized down to the different types of jobs, people's home, social life. Oh, wow. I can get lost in here. Ooh, I, I put a link to America's birth chart in the links. But if you ever have a bored moment and you want to figure out a lot of um, like category, lifestyle, work. The first one up here is hates job. And they have 15 pages in this category. Mm. Uh, research, accident, fatality. Wow. Aster, Mary. What is that? It's famous. It's between famous people's Famous people, events, places, and accidents, and they have charts. Okay. Oh, so they have charts for for events. All of these, yes. Okay, that well, that makes sense. I mean, you know, because of 
because of like you know from being inspired by the show you did on the the Pangburn, which was really inspired by when Mace came up here and started you know asking you some some questions you know just giving you a bit of a gentle challenge um, and then how I came up with the triple goddess you know divination and occultonometry and all that stuff um, it that that kind of like reverse engineering and looking at things you know that have happened and seeing how they line up with these different divination tools is like I think that should be I mean I I, I see that it is now but that's that should be like a huge um, case for study and and in, inspection because it's turning up to be very very um, relevant I mean just to see how like imagine if you keep looking at stuff like that and you just keep getting hit after hit after hit then like then how can that be how can it be doubted that there's something more to what is ha I mean that would be an actual good experiment to do. I think that we should we should catalog um, ourselves like a lot just look at a lot of events like look at September 11th and the OJ Simpson trial for example and just different things like that to see what goes on with these type of things like the verdicts for certain cases and you know when people die especially and when they're born birth and death I think would be a very interesting one to see I think that we might find that a lot of people like like Floor and like Neil Armstrong for example have gone full cycles like Neil Armstrong went from he was born on an eight day and died on an eight day and Floor was born she was born on a five day and died on a five day like things like that you know, I think that if you have a whole bunch of those and you can document that, I think that would be something pretty significant. And there are thousands upon thousands on this site. I'm just scrolling through. I know I got quiet for a second because I'm just looking at the amount of public figures and mundane data, research data and private data. So there are so many famous people here, famous um there are even figure skaters and Olympic athletes all the way down to politicians. And then they even have a section called, called Bad Astrology. So there is a lot. I should just call it Most Astrology. No, this is about um, fraud astrologers. These are the astrologers that were frauds and gave astrology bad name. There's a list of them. Like I just there said, Most Astrology. <laughs> Most astrology people are peddling stuff and they're not doing the work, which is it, which is interesting. I could understand that people are just wrong and they're actually doing the work, but I don't really see that happening. I don't see that if you could actually do this for people, how you could actually, you know, be committing fraud. You know what I mean? Like if you're actually doing the work, like how you're doing, you have references. You've collected several different sites that you're working from, and you've got a book that you're using, and you're constantly doing research. And you're taking your time to do it. But there are people who just start spouting stuff off like they just use the sun the sun or star sign and then just start making up stuff off of that without going to any other detail. And then you wonder why people have this idea that they're just this way, you know. That would be like fraud astrology and just bad astrology. True, because now I'm looking at, I clicked it for a random page to pop up. I got Bernard Bloomer's. Someone born in Dehag, Netherlands in 1845. 
1845, and he died in December 12, 1914. And they have his birth chart. His chart looks very similar to yours, Hakeem, because he was born at 6 a.m. And you were born at 546. So he has one of those nighttime leaning charts where his, even his ascendant is over there. So I like to study the pieces that match up. And he also has a, no, he doesn't have an empty 11th house. He has Libra in the 11th house. With Mar Libra Mars in the 11th house. That's interesting. Like I've been trying to find similarities in charts, but this is really, like I'm going to spend probably half of the evening researching on this site to see if we can do, like, because it's giving me show ideas as well, because they have so many different headers and things for us to discuss. Like we have accidents, famous, all the famous accidents the BP oil rig explosion, for instance. Yo, we should seriously, um, and and you might, you know what, might be even more interesting too, is that when we do stuff like, for example, the BP oil rig, right? Imagine like things start coming up that suggest that it wasn't an accident. <clears throat> you know what I mean? It would be very cool to be like, a, a you know, divination sleuths and go around and, like. <laughs> coming up with like conspiracy theories based on like you know divination and saying oh wait a minute but this suggests that there might that on this day you know there are sinister sinister energies afoot right and we're like wait a minute might, that might suggest that this wasn't an accident let's take a deeper look see don't have me up here solving people's murders with astrology sugar-free coach says hakeem there's someone i've come across who doesn't who does that with dates i think it's Back to Vedic and Hinduism. She has to remember who it is. I'm pretty sure she's going to figure it out and give us the call. But yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah, I'd really is, like to look at that too. This is absolute madness. And I'm sitting up here reading through these different pages. I think I'm going to get the. Um, I got to work in the morning. I can't stay up all night on this. I'll do that on Friday. I do. I definitely do it on Friday. Friday night, I definitely got to sit up here and just go through because we may be able to pull some historical significance as well, because a lot of people do base political decisions and their um, voting style. Really, voting style. Voting style. Well, yes. I'm I'm starting more and more to live more by, uh, to, I'm starting more and more to live by the recommendations specifically from number one, numerology, because it's very simple for me to calculate and follow like the paths of leaf resistance. Number two, the, uh, the runes, because they're, I like the explanation that it's really the oracle is my subconscious mind. Like when I'm pulling it out, like somehow, it's my subconscious that's pulling out the right type of sequence for me, which, and it's been very, very accurate. And then number three, um, tarot, because that's also the first tarot that I've ever used is called the demon tarot, which had a similar, um, uh, guidelines as the, the runes, but now I've got the black tarot and, um, it's also been, uh, extremely accurate and very interesting and just the synchronicities and things that have been happening. So now I'm, I'm seeing that there's actually 
there, well, you know, um, I've already been doing it. There's been a lot of really great results happening. And so that's all just to be reported later because it's, it's quite fascinating. Especially because I started doing the reverse engineering and just using the numeroscopes to go back in time. And it's just, it's kind of startling, actually. Mm. Yeah. And it all started with an experiment. It all started. Are you talking about with the, the Mace Starwalk experiment? Yeah. Hey. You don't exist on this site, but there's a Hakeem Ali Boris. Ali Boris? Uh-huh. Ali Boris. B-O-O-R-I-S? Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, so the 11th house... It was about friendships and uh, relationships. Yep. It's all about, it builds off of the 10th house and how Mind you. Yes. But that's not the reason you're a loner. You're a loner because of the 12th house interactions with the 10th house. You have a lot of conjunctions between there, but they don't match through the 11th. Yours is more. It was more wide open in that aspect, but now, you still get that. Here's hmm? the thing about that. A lot of people tell me like c certain things like um, way back. I remember the term that my uh, the, the group fitness manager says is like, you're very well received. Right. And so a lot of people tell me that wherever I go, I'm very well received. Like I'm, I tend, tend to be as much as I try not to be, to be likable. And people want to kind of, you know, interact with me. But, and again, it's not that I don't want to. It's just that I'm very distracted by other things that I want to do, like like reading and researching and studying. Like the guy the other day who got me to start reading the Quran, when, I, when he said people are so distracted by entertainment and all they want to do is be entertained instead of be educated. And I was like, well, wait a minute, I think I fall into that category because I'm entertained by education. And he was like, oh, well, then you're a scholar. And so, you know, people start telling me stuff like that or they just admire stuff that I do but then at the same time I'm not really with the program of you know I don't know I'm, conf I'm confused I need to figure myself out yes and astrology can help with that let's see let's see let's see your midheaven and your yeah, MC and your IC are on the same axis but all of your angles and conjunctions are between the 10th house and the third house with a little bit coming into the fourth house. And that's all based on the outer planets and the outer houses. So you have 10th house in Gemini. People with the ten, with Gemini on the 10th house cusp usually excel at professions that require good literacy, articulacy, and intelligence. These, they enjoy work that is diverse and moving forward fast. These people are able to present their ideas clearly and they like to have, they like to communicate with others. Their work must be varied and stimulating or they will be immediately bored. These people are often tireless workaholics who successfully manage two different careers at the same time. The ruler of the 10th house, Mercury, 
in the 12th house. These people often have occupations that involve secrets or are not visible. The great deal of the profession takes place behind the scenes or not many people see what they do. They are often writers, hospital directors, film directors, producers, owners, or in some form of show business. But you also have one, two, three planets in the 10th house. You also have Mars. And then all of these are squaring off to your Mercury. Mars in the 10th house suggests people who want to improve their social status. Their energy is focused on career and they want to be successful. Mars in this position usually means interest in politics or the army. These people are often managers. They show initiative and they have the ability to achieve, achieve their goals. It is a powerful position that does not suggest participate. Participatory attitudes towards others, unless it's mentioned in other parts of the horoscope, regardless of the influence of the other parts of the horoscope, they're usually people with leadership skills. The reason you're well received is because of the leadership skills, but you don't necessarily have to participate with others to get things done. And that also leans into the 11th house being open for you. It's not that you can't make friends, but your 10th house is really jam-packed yeah but making friends is easy in that most people don't really understand friendship so they just think that everybody that smiles at them is their friend you know what i mean so okay got me there and so like but it's just the, the making a connection people in general and it doesn't tend to be a lot of people on you know, because I've, I've heard statistics, read statistics and just have the experience that most people who do like things like podcasting and social audio tend to be, not always, but tend to be more of the intelligentsia, right? So you have more people that are, are more studious and more interested in exploring and researching. And that was like one of the first things that impressed me when I first got onto call-in and, and, you know, encountered several different groups and people here and just kind of heard their ideas and everything like that. So, but it's... It's interesting because I would rather have those types of people in my sphere and speak to them on, on at length, which I do, but they're not in my immediate environment all the time, or it's just a little bit more difficult to kind of weed them out because people tend to hide it um, because other people are not accepting of it. It's sort of like I used this example with in a different scenario before, but it's like you could work with somebody, right? and never talk to your, your co-worker that much at work. But then you both end up at, like, a football game, and you just so, both just so happen to like the same team. And so while you're there, you know, like let's say you work in two different departments. One person works in the mailroom, one person's a CEO. And so they don't really cross paths that much, and it's kind of like taboo. Oh, the, the mailroom guy, you shouldn't be, you know, consorting with the, the CEO. But then you guys meet at, you know, said sporting event and you're all buddy buddy and bumping chest and you know drinking beers together and so they converge in that place like social audio and social podcasting are that interesting thing where people converge on similar familiar topics but then you know but but how do you identify those people necessarily out in in your your physical spaces it's it's difficult you know they're not wearing t-shirts that say you know, I love physics all the time. And then, you know, everybody's got a NASA t-shirt on now, so how do you know they're really into astronomy or anything like that, you know, or astrophysics? So it's it's um, very frustrating. 
I view it from a very different angle, simply because I have a very different viewpoint. I don't see it as that. Like, I have a much more fluid idea of friendship. It has no rigidity, rigidity of social class or who should or shouldn't be hanging out. Or, like, I don't even have to have a common interest with somebody for them to be my friend. Well, I don't think that social status has anything to do with it. If you think that there's a, I've, mis, I've caused you a misunderstanding, um, what I, I mean is that um, that people that normally wouldn't understand that they have a common ground often find that in in virtual spaces like this. But then, but oh, I get what you're saying. But in in person, just walking on the streets, like. I'm looking at people and I'm like, what a fucking idiot, right? But then he might open his mouth and I'm like, oh, uh, he's kind of genius. Let's talk about biology. He might, he's a geneticist, but he just happens to dress like an asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it's just, you know, like that, that kind of thing. And in that aspect, that's why I understand why people say I give people too much credit because I don't base it. Like, even if they look like an asshole, I always assume somebody has some form of intelligence about them. And I'm always hopeful that they are versed in something. But I interact with a lot of people, and I'm very disappointed. And, and Pedro, yeah, we can definitely open up a room seeing as how, you know, um, you're an engineer. So that might be an interesting conversation. <clears throat> Absolutely, it would be cool. I did have one more thing to read to you that might give you a little bit of insight. Sure. It's about Lilith, the Black Moon, Fascination and Denial. My wife. Mm, Really? Your Lilith is in Gemini, which is in the, and it's also in the 10th house. Lilith, the mean in Gemini. Ambiguous communication, fascination with ambiguity, shadows, and the search for identity. These people live in a world of thoughts that are completely free and subject to constant pro- to the constant process of change. Lilith in Gemini emphasizes all the more this all this more intensely, and these people are virtually unstoppable. They have a great desire for knowledge and information. They do not take anything seriously. Because they think that everything can be changed. They tend to change information and then pass on pass the modified information on. They do not like to live in one place for too long and they make friends easily. Especially like they especially like to meet nonconformists, unusual and unusual people. Beware of asthma and injuries of the lungs, arms, hands, and shoulders. Lilith in the tenth house means a refusing to fit into a refusing to fit in their society and an inclination to pro- protest against everything—that's the aggravation. You now, now that right there is one of the most spot-on things I heard, but it also lines up very, very um, exactly with the numeral five of my destiny number in numerology. I mean, that is like so spot-on. I've heard you read that before about me, um, but that right there hits so many things and such uh i mean that is such exactitude i mean there's there's too much about that that is is correct and 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 where did you get that from 
That is the Lilith black moon. It's at the very bottom of Astro Sea. It's basically at the bottom of your birth chart. And then you have Chiron, the wounded healer and, and teacher. So Lilith in the 10th house, the black moon. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to look that up. Yep. So I'm That's writing little, that down. Yeah, write that down because you may want to go examine it because it's one yeah. of those things that can really lead into the rebellious aspect of your personality. And you know what? All this talk about houses. Oh, sorry. You're going to say something. No, go ahead. Just reminds me because I, I, I was just looking at the video yesterday, um, but I performed one of the songs from uh, Audio Slave on stage. And I just wonder what he means. When he says, in your house, I long to be, room by room, patiently, I'll wait for you there. Like a stone, I'll wait for you there, alone. And this house, is, it, it, it definitely has to do something with death. Because, you know, he's like, you know, by a freeway. Um, you know, he, he starts off the song. He's like, on a cobweb afternoon in a room full of emptiness by a freeway. I confess I was lost in the pages of a book filled with death. Reading how we'll die alone and if we're good, we'll lay to rest anywhere we want to go. And, right, and then, you know, it's, it's the, you know, on and on about, like, it's, it's kind of like he talk, he touches on a little bit of like Christian Christianity and Buddhism, but just in the lyrics, you know, like um, uh, the the second verse, he says, um, he says, uh, and. And your house, a lot of people about it. And on, a, and on my deathbed, I confess. Wait, on my deathbed, I will pray to the gods and the angels. Um, to anyone, uh, like and he says, like who. Or to, it's like, uh, to send me to a place I recall I was there so long ago. The sky was bruised, the wine was red, and there you led me on. And, you know, and then he goes into the verse. And so it's just, it, it's very interesting because he's talking about a house. And it's like he's talking about a place, but it's a place of death. And it's a place of death that's talked about in obviously he's referencing you know different religious or spiritual texts and it's as if he knows that that's like he's so certain like with all of his songs even before audio slave and soundgarden and various other projects it's like the stuff that he's saying it's like he just like who like what where was this man initiated <laughs> where the lyrics sound like either the eighth house which is death rebirth death life taxes right. and the Phoenix energy or the 12th house, the house of isolation, self-sacrifice and self-sabotage, mm. but also the house of institutions like higher learning, mental hospitals and regular schools. Well, now I'm going to have to look up Chris Cornell's stuff, man, because there's some really bizarre things tracking on him. Like 
the fact that I recorded a song called Haunted in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, and it was based on uh, the chords from, from Black Days, Fell on Black Days. And so I recorded the first version of that in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And then, of course, after he dies, he's buried in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And then Chester Bennington sings the song uh, like a stone there. And then a year later, almost on on uh, his birthday, uh, Chris Cornell's birthday, he kills himself. And it's just like, what the fuck, dude? It's like, I, I don't know what the hell is going on. Mm. That's wild as hell, actually. Um, and the song, just the song, fell on black days. And and my song that I that I modeled after it is is about death. It's called Haunted, and it's like you know the lyrics go, um, a, well, just just a verse. It says, um, uh, "When I'm cold and lonely, your love is here with me. Now you're gone from this life." But your love is still with me, yeah, yeah. And so there, it's like all these themes of death that I recorded in a cemetery in front of a statue of Eros holding like a, like a lover who died or whatever. And and, um, and anyway, it just kind of came full circle in my own life because I never had that experience for real and then it happened. And, um, and, uh, and then just like, I don't know, it's just... It's, it's fascinating but disturbing at the same time. I can see where I, it is fascinating and disturbing because you sang about it and then it happened. Right. That is that's quite disturbing. Well, I sang about it three times, and then I have a whole a whole album that I released named after it, like before that. And the album is called "Lay My Heart to Rest." And so there's a song called "Lay My Heart to Rest." And then there's a song called Haunted, and then there's one called Changing Flowers. This is, I'm changing flowers on your headstone. I slept for hours in the graveyard all alone. And so, like, but I never had those experiences, but there I am writing about it, like, years before all this stuff happened. And they used to make me cry so hard. Like, I used to have to play only one of those songs I could at my shows and then I would have to leave right afterwards and I have to play it at the end of the show because I couldn't I couldn't hold myself together hmm. that's a dark way to end the show for today but now I gotta look further into predecessions <laughs> of science See, I can't always end it on a dark note. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. See, this is what I be talking about. The maniacal laugh of the supervillain. You get on my nerves. <laughs> we got to find something to brighten your attitude, and I think I know what will help, but I can't say that online out loud, so I'm not going to pick on you too bad. No, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to blow up the planet, so... Just stay tuned for supervillain shenanigans. Man, and on that note, we're at an hour and 30. This is your favorite silly goose. No, we're at hour 31. This is your favorite silly goose, Cicely Marie, signing off with my favorite co-host, Mr. Hakeem Ali Bokus. <laughs>